The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Wow. I can actually hear you. This is amazing. <laughs> It is not a one-sided conversation. Hallelujah. Yeah, last week I logged onto Twitter and I saw a bunch of our listeners writing to me very frantically saying that they couldn't hear me in last week's episode. We fixed the issue, which is, you know, good news. But I think many people still listen to the episode and only hear you, Jenny. I'm not even there. It sounds like you're hallucinating that I'm there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're so funny, Joanna. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like silence. <laughs> so if you guys are still having that problem, just delete the download and re-download the episode. And then you can listen to both me and Jenny and just pretend you're reliving Thanksgiving all over again, even though it already passed. <laughs> Joanna, you're like Carmen San Diego. I feel like I can grab a globe and just spin it real fast like in the price is right <laughs> and, <laughs> and, ding, point. Ding, ding. and then where's joanna boom in belize um yeah. no but tell tell us where were you for the holidays i was in mexico i have family that that lives there and i have a lot of friends that actually live there um so i go relatively often to Mexico. So Mexico has stopped being like a tourist destination for me and has sort of morphed into almost like a home base. And I can say that about Mexico City and also Bogota, Colombia. Like those two places have, since Venezuela is a place that I sort of no longer can, can visit and a lot of my friends have moved away from and family have moved away from. I find myself having to travel to these places very regularly to see people, you know? It's like Miami, Ciudad de México, y Bogotá are where the diaspora of my life have sort of <laughs> created enclaves. So I go all the time. It, it's so weird, Jenny, because I feel very at home in Mexico. It's it's a very warm place. Like, it's, I love the culture. I, I feel very comfortable there but then simultaneously it's also a place where people constantly don't believe I speak Spanish <laughs> so, oh my god so there I am I'm like walking in Coyoacán and I'm like oh my god maybe I could live here and then someone is like excuse me lady do you want to buy something you can I know muchas gracias oh you speak Spanish you can see si, see si, si, hablo español oh where you learn Argentina no I didn't learn I'm So I speak speak back to me in Spanish, bro. Like, so there, Guatemala, 
usually are places where people just automatically speak to me in English. But it's it sort of made me think about how I haven't gone home to Venezuela in like eight years. Hmm. So going back to particular countries in Latin America makes me feel both at home, but then simultaneously I'm very aware that I'm not at home. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, I there's just some similarities to home there. I can't pinpoint exactly which ones they are, but I feel it. But then I'm at a restaurant and there's no platanos on the menu. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And they're like, platanos, no, los platanos son para, para dulce, le echamos dulce de leche. And I'm like, no, dude, give me the platanos with my meat. And they're, they're just like disgusted by the whole concept. So <laughs> it's the narcissism of small differences, I think is the term. Mm. And the term comes from, you know, this really intense hatred some people feel within their own communities. So for example, like Ashkenazi Jews versus Hasidic Jews, you'd think that people that account for 0.01% of the world population would get behind one another. But no, there's these nuances, there's small differences between these communities that seem like not a big deal to the outsider, but when you're inside it, it's a huge deal. Same with Sunni and Shiite Muslims and all these things. And I feel those sort of that narcissism of small differences when I travel within Latin America. Yeah, that's very real. And I like to bring about that realness to my videos, which a lot of people can relate to. Every year I make an annual sanguing video. This year we decided that we were gonna have all these different characters, a lot of my friends who are actors and they're, you know, one of them is Mexican, the other is Nicaraguan and Puerto Rican, Venezuelan. And so each character brings a different tamal dish, which then causes un revolu. Like this Mm -hmm. giant argument at the table about whose tamales are the better, more authentic, more original, more tasty. Uh, And it's pretty, it's a pretty fun scene. So it's very, very real. And even amongst the Caribbean itself, just in that little area in the water, everyone gets real touchy about their platanos. um, Mm -hmm. And how, what the best, you know, there's mangu and there's mofongo and then there's fufu de platano. Um, Right. And they're all basically Venezuela. the same thing, right? But but if you say that, you might get killed. <laughs> <laughs> they're like kind of the same, but you can't, yeah. I mean, Dominicans have their like salami and the queso and everyone has like their their little add-ons, but at the end of the day, it's platano. Um, you know, so it's it's, for me, it's fun. People get real heated though. It becomes like a friendship destroyer. So Jenny, where in Latin America have you traveled to? Not as exciting as your your life of travels, but I've been to Mexico City a couple times when I was a kid and just about two years ago, three years ago, and Bogota, Colombia, and that's it. And did you feel at home in any place or did you feel like an outsider? I felt at home in the sense that everyone spoke Spanish, which is pretty much Miami, but in terms of the sights, I did not feel at home because again, Miami has no mountains. It's similar to how I felt when I moved to Los Angeles, right? I was like, I felt at home in certain ways, but at the same time, it was still different cultures. It wasn't Caribbean culture. It was more Mexican and Salvadorian families and communities and foods. And just the way it looks is is still different. So that's how I felt in Bogota and in Mexico City, where it's like, you feel at home because it's still... You're, you know, Latino peeps and they can speak to you in Spanish. So there's elements of home that I felt in these countries. But at the same time, it still felt very uh, different. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it 
is that felt different to me? It's hard for me to pinpoint. Yeah, I feel so many things when I travel within Latin America. I feel like a highlighter is placed on elements of myself. Like my the way I speak Spanish is highlighted. When I travel in Latin America, I notice my Spanish sort of very intensely. I'm just so hyper aware of the way that I speak and how much it represents where I'm from. Hmm. And I noticed myself after a couple days sort of morphing my Spanish into whatever I hear in my surroundings. <laughs> so when I travel to Mexico, for example, though, it doesn't matter how I speak. They automatically assume I'm from Argentina. Wow. Like if they hear me speak Spanish, even though my Spanish, che, yo no, yo no hablo así, nada que ver, no? But they're like, ay, Argentina. And I'm like, bro, acabo de decir chévere. Obviously, I'm not from Argentina. <laughs> but they can't get it past their like brain, right? That this person could be from a Caribbean country. Like that's not something they're used to. No. But then you have like Colombia, right? Colombia was part of Venezuela. It was all part of Gran Colombia. And there was a lot of immigration and migration between Venezuela and Colombia for many, many years. So Colombia and Venezuela are really, it, it, I, I always say they're kind of like twins separated at birth because they have so many similarities. And when I go to Colombia, the food, the culture, there's just so many things that make me feel at home. Even the little crickets, this sounds weird, but at <laughs> night, there's these crickets in, in Caracas that go, wow. and those are the same crickets in Colombia. And I have all these flashbacks when I'm there. And also when I'm in Colombia, I see a lot of Venezuelan immigrants. And the immigration situation in, in Colombia is like one of the biggest political issues in the country. So, and in Panama as well, where my sister lives. When I go to Panama, for example, there's another immigration problem of Venezuelans in Panama. There's a lot of xenophobia to the point where there was a literal march against Venezuelans. Uh, one year, there was just like anti-Venezuelan march. Oh boy. And when I go there, Jenny, I notice myself and I feel so ashamed admitting this, but I see myself morphing my accent to sound less Venezuelan because I don't want to point to myself because there's just so much animosity against Venezuelans in a lot of places where a lot of the migrants have sort of had to settle into. Wow, dude. Isn't that crazy? I it never is. thought it's new though. Like when I was a teenager, I'd be like, I'm from Venezuela. And they'd be like, oh, beautiful women and oil. And I'm like, yes. And, <laughs> you know, now it's like Venezuela. And they're like, oh, Venezuelans have taken over the country, you know? And it's, oh, no. it's almost how the U.S. perceives Latinos in a lot of ways uh, and, and specifically Central American immigrants. Um, mm -hmm. And... That's sort of how I feel at times traveling through Latin America. I both want to be clear that I'm Latin American because so many people question it and just assume I'm gringa. But then simultaneously, there's particular places where I realize that there's a lot of tension with Venezuelans. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggling, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. 
Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Yeah, I mean, makes me wonder how people, I don't know. I don't know how people handle Cubans. I think it's like, I have no idea, actually. Guano. <laughs> Because I don't know, I haven't traveled enough. Sometimes I, I don't know what I look like to people. Because a lot of people are like, no, you look Latina. And other people are like, no, you look white. Almost everyone in Colombia thought I was Puerto Rican. Which I'm like, you know what? Close, but no cigar. I'll give them a cookie. <laughs> because it was it was close. Um, You know, a different island. And uh, we have similar way of talking. I wasn't mad or anything. I, but then I would tell them, like, no, soy cubana. Like, hi, cubana. Sí, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I feel like my Cuban accent increases at these countries mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know what mm -hmm. it is um because i'm like jenny you're gonna fail miserably if you try real hard to sound like you have perfect spanish so don't even bother just do your thing and sound like you're drowning in a glass of water that's what cubans sound like see it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so accurate it sounds like we're gargling like salt water for like a sore throat And so that, I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna go full guanasa. I say, I mess arepa, I get rico la arepa. Oh And my God, you sound like my grandma, bro. Huepale, <laughs> <laughs> chica. Mm -hmm. <laughs> la arepa. And then, and then they're like, ay, what country? La, 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 la. But for some reason, like, I, I'm like, do they think, do they say Puerto Rico because they feel uncomfortable saying Cuba? Is Cuba also like a hot button topic? Or are they like, She can't possibly be Cuban. You know what I mean? Like, right. You can't be Cuban. How did you get here? How did you get here? Because <laughs> Cubans can't leave. So they're like, oh, wait, Cuba from what? It's like, oh, Miami. Then they're like, oh, no, then you're American. Like, I, I feel It like they sense, obviously yeah. it, it's hard for people that aren't from here, from the States to understand that Miami Cuban is, is an identity oh, yeah. that isn't U.S., It's something completely different. Yes. You know, it's it's interesting because I really love going back to specifically Colombia because it, it, it is sort of like a surrogate Venezuela for me in many ways. And I'm married to a to a Colombian and so many of my friends are there. But there's something that always brings me out of it. It's almost like I'm in a 3D movie, but then your glasses sort of like tilt and then you <laughs> remember that you're in a 3D movie and you're in, you know what I mean? Like, like the illusion is gone. Wow. I feel that way sometimes, specifically Colombia, because I'll feel like I feel like I'm from here. I I feel good. And then I'll say something like, I see, uh, ¿dónde están los cambures? And they're like, what? Cambur, cambur. Eh, 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 ah, ah, banano. And I'm like, oh, fucking fruits in Latin America are this sort of point of contention where you just cannot find ways to goddamn communicate. Like every other word can be the same, but the fucking word for banana or the fucking word for apple or whatever the fuck is going to be different. And that's going to be a point where your 3D glasses fall off and you're going to be reminded that you don't belong there, that you're not from there because your word for something so innocuous isn't the same. <laughs> and it's so interesting how these small little things take me out of it. They, they take me out of the feeling that I might sort of, this might be another home for me because I, I have had to let go of my other home. Like, I can't just exist without questioning how I, how I exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Latin America feels like home to me because I just spent so much of my life there. But you didn't. 
like you grew up in Miami. So I imagine that for you, those little small things, like how it smells and the sounds and like that doesn't necessarily bring you back to the concept of home. I mean, when I went as a kid to Mexico City, I don't remember too much of it, but I can only recall, obviously, my trip to Mexico City uh, about three years ago and then my trip to Bogota, Colombia, which is about maybe four years ago now. Why did you go to Bogota? Well, I went to both uh, Bogota and Mexico City for work. So I never really got to experience it, experience it. So for Bogota specifically, it was, you know, my longest flight, sadly, <laughs> that I've ever <laughs> that I've ever had to take. And it was because at the time I was working at Mitu, the digital media company, and Netflix reached out and they wanted to fly me over to Bogota to do an activation with the actors of Narcos. And they basically selected influencers from all over the world. I was the only one selected from the US. Oh, wow. It was just strictly for work. Like, you know, you, you stay in this hotel, you wake up the next day, you go on a shuttle, you go to the shooting location. And I, I got to act with Pedro Pascal, which was insane. Oh my God. He was the nicest guy. And he apparently had seen my videos. So it was really cool. He was the nicest guy. And so I was really sad because they, like literally the following day, they were gonna just fly me back out. But Me Too has a headquarters in Bogota. And so my boss was nice enough to extend my stay just so that I could spend the day in Colombia with some of the Me Too guys. And I decided to make a little video out of it for Me Too. So I was walking all around Bogota dressed as Abuela, <laughs> filming this video. Um, and like, I took a photo with a llama. It was, a, it was actually a really, so I'm very grateful that I got that experience. If not, I would barely remember what Colombia was like. But I got that third day where I really got to spend the whole day there and I, I, I had my first real Colombian arepa. Oh. And I got to talk to the people. And, and like, it was nice. Can't believe you just said real Colombian arepa. Listen, I, what? Colombian arepas are never real. They were ripped off and oh, they're not as good as Venezuelan arepas. I guess we're going to have to God. cancel this podcast and this friendship oh, right my. now. Mira, tue, tue. Here we go. We're gonna, our friendship's going to end right now. Because... <laughs> the narcissism of small differences. Like <laughs> the arepa, the Venezuelan arepa and, and Colombian arepa have like truly minute differences. And yet we almost go to war about it. Oh. So if you could travel anywhere in Latin America, if tomorrow someone was like, here's a ticket, hmm. where would you want to go? This is excluding the Caribbean for me because I obviously always have wanted to go to Cuba. So I'm going to I'm going to exclude for now the Caribbean because that's obvious. I'm going to say Peru because that's where my husband, my husband's like half his family's there. And I hear it's just so beautiful and I just want to experience that country. You know, when I went to Peru, I felt like, wow, I am a tourist in this country. There's there's this difference, I feel, with the Caribbean and Colombia as a Venezuelan and then Peru, Chile, Argentina, like those countries I feel like a tourist at and the other countries I feel like, oh, I have family here. So like basically I'm kind of like from here. <laughs> I know, I know the, where the cool bars are at. So that's me, you know, but then when <laughs> I go to some of these other countries, I feel like, oh my God, uh, this is, this is so different in so many different ways than than anything I'm used to. I feel like a tourist. I feel like mm. I'm I'm traveling into a place I, I couldn't even imagine, you know? And I I felt that way weirdly in Argentina because 
when I was walking in Buenos Aires, I think it's the first time people just talked to me in Spanish because they assumed I was Argentinian. Argentinians are very fucking. <laughs> Do you think white. it's because oh, that's why, right? I'm like, is it because yeah, of how man. you look? Obviously, but in Argentina, something happened. It's the only Latin American country I've been to. Hmm. where I'm surrounded by people that look like me, like that look like they could be my cousins. In Mexico, in Bogotá, eh, in, hasta Venezuela, República Dominicana, like I had ne- Peru, I had never experienced just blending in fully. Plus I'm super tall. Like in Guatemala, mm. I went to a, a club and I was the tallest person there by like a foot. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, people were staring at me. When I was, dude, Jenny, when I was in Guatemala, there was a, a museum there that was free for Latin Americans, and then it was ten dollars for gringos or, oh, or people Christ. that were Latin America. I I went with my Puerto Rican friends, by the way, U.S. passports, okay, and me, my Venezuelan passport, and they were like, okay, bueno, la entrada es diez dólares para usted. They point to me, and I'm like, no, 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 and I show my Venezuelan passport, and they're like. Oh, uh, no, that doesn't matter. You're still going to have to pay the $10. And I'm like, wait, but the sign says Latin Americans don't pay. And they're like, yeah, but like, we don't believe you. And I'm like, but my friends, they're not paying and they have U.S. passports. Like, yeah, but they're some chaparritas. Like, but yeah, but they're short. You know, and I'm like, what What the fuck, man? Do you think, I, I'm sorry, do you think I forged a passport? Do you think I forged a Venezuelan passport to not pay $10 to, to see this Mesoamerican art? What the fuck are you talking about? Anyway, I paid the $10. I didn't make a big deal about it. But um, in Argentina, I never felt like that. People just were like, ah, eres Argentina. ¿De dónde eres? Ah, Venezuela. Oh, okay. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego. Walking around Buenos Aires, I was like, oh my God, where the fuck am I? Like, I don't feel, I don't know where I am. Like, I didn't feel at home. I loved it. I thought it was gorgeous. I, I adored Buenos Aires. But I definitely did not feel that feeling of like comfort, like when I land in Bogota or sometimes when I land in Ciudad de Mexico, mm-hmm. it just felt distant, mm. even though I blended in. Mm. That's so interesting. Obviously, yeah, we have such different experiences with that because I am very short and I'm brunette. And I think that just adds to like, eh, she's a white, whatever the hell, but she's Latina. Um, <laughs> and... I felt more at home in Colombia because, again, there's a lot more Colombians in Miami. I had a lot of Colombian friends growing up. One of my best friends is Colombian. It's like Venezuelans and Colombians, I feel like, are very similar. I hate to tell you this. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, we really, really are. Yeah. Truly. And so, and so that you know, it's... And, and Venezuela is technically considered a Caribbean country. And so this doesn't surprise me as to why Colombia felt um, more homey for me 
in mm -hmm. in, in various ways. Mm -hmm. And so I actually miss it. And I was only there for three days. So it's like, God, what a beautiful country. And I really want to visit again. Yeah, I, I really love it there. And my friends that have moved there from Venezuela and they've spent a lot of time there, they, they've sort of inculcated themselves into the culture. They kind of feel Colombian and they've married Colombians or dating Colombians. They, you know, um, and then I have a lot of family that went to Santiago, Chile, mm. and they've had such a different experience because if you think about it, Chile is almost like an island. Okay. They are so isolated from the rest of Latin America. They are hours away from the next city. They have the freaking mountainous region uh, covering Chile and the rest of the continent. Um, they have desert in the north. Like they're just an, an incredibly isolated country. And that sort of created this sort of island type of identity. It's, it's a little isolated. It's very insular. And my family and friends that have moved to Chile have had kind of a tough time because while Colombia, Venezuela, and República Dominicana, and all these places were so close, and there's just like this flux of of culture and stuff very easily done there. We're even in the same time zone, you know what I mean? Then you have Chile sort of separate from, from all this, and that culture is so different. And they're, they're, it's harder for immigrants to feel at home there because mm -hmm. this isn't a country that, that was easy for immigrants to get to in the first place. And it's it's interesting because my family have Chilean passports, but I never felt Chilean, hmm. even though my mom lived there as a kid, my uncle's from Chile, technically, um, but I've never really felt it. But Bogota, hmm. even before I met my husband, I just felt it. And I went to República Dominicana. I went to uh, the DR and I felt it. I just felt good and like homey there. Yeah. And even when I went to Cuba, I just felt something that made me feel like I sort of belonged a little mm -hmm, bit, mm -hmm. even though I stood out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested how I will feel in Chile. I wonder if I'll feel the same way as I felt in Bogota or the same way I felt in, well, Peru, I felt... I felt differently because I didn't really blend in, but it was like, it was magical and was beautiful, but it, it definitely felt like I was, I was a tourist and Buenos Aires, I felt like I was a tourist and Chile, which where I do feel, do have these family ties. So interested. I, if I'll, I'll feel that, I'll feel that feeling of home and I have a feeling I won't, but I wonder if I could go home and if I went to Venezuela often, if I'd be seeking this feeling of home in other places. And I have this feeling I wouldn't. I would I would be okay in my in my identity as a tourist. But because I feel this sense of loss from my country, I seek it elsewhere. And I, I guess it's not until this conversation that like I just realized maybe other people don't go to Latin America. Like, how home how at home will I feel? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm like constantly seeking it. Yeah. I'm actually going to Colombia in two weeks and I'm 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 so excited because I'm like, oh, it's kind of like going home, you know, and it's Cartagena and people in Cartagena talk like me. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Which means they talk bad. They like don't pronounce <laughs> half the letters. You know, and I'm just I, I'm just going to hear people talk and just feel like <sighs> this like comfort. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess the reason why I never felt like I needed to search for another country to feel at home is because Miami is basically that. I always say it's Cuba the sequel. Um, and so it's very much home. I feel like Cubans are extremely lucky to have these pockets throughout the US where you can feel at home, but I feel like Miami is just so entrenched in Cubanosity mm-hmm. that you know, I'm like, damn, dude, this is pretty much Cuba, yo. Like, like no one even needs to assimilate to shit. Like my mm-hmm. grandparents, they didn't fucking have to learn English. They're like, here I am. And everything like Cuban food and Cuban music and Cubans all around them. But it's interesting because traveling through all these places, a few years ago, I'd walk around and I, I wouldn't see a Venezuelan restaurant or it's like I wouldn't hear venezuelan words here and there like in restaurants and now when i go there's always an arepa restaurant in ciudad mexico i pass by or bogota there's a bunch uh even in in peru there's a bunch um argentina like uh, i see these little enclaves um when i travel now where i didn't see these enclaves before Mm. uh and i think that helps it's almost like a little sign that I'm not the only one there that's trying to find their footing in these places. It does sort of, I think subconsciously, make me feel more at home. It's like, okay, well, there's an, I'm not gonna go to the Arepa restaurant in Peru because I wanna have Peruvian food, but I'm glad that it's there. <laughs> it makes me feel good <laughs> that it's there. And I think that comes from like a perpetual sense of immigrants. Like my great-grandparents were immigrants, my grandparents were immigrants, my parents are immigrants, I'm an immigrant. We're just, you know, it's in our blood. And I feel like it's inherent in me to, to be like, every time I travel somewhere, I'm like, could I move here? <laughs> could I live here? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> My brain just constantly thinks like that because the concept of permanency in where I live is just non-existent. I just don't believe that anywhere I live or anywhere I feel I'm from is necessarily permanent. But I also don't feel it's limited to a geographical location. Like I'll be Venezuelan for the rest of my life, even if I never go back. Yeah, exactly. So how can I feel at home and feel Venezuelan and feel American and feel whatever anywhere I go, even when I travel? It's interesting because I was talking to my friends and I was like, I kind of want to go back home. Like, uh, I want to go visit Venezuela. Like, it might be a little dangerous for me to go, but I really want to go. I miss it. And then one of my friends said, Joanna, you miss a Caracas that no longer exists. Wow. You, what you miss is something that existed in the past and now that place is different. And so... I think that people that move and travel and whatever, that's something that we have to sort of embrace is the concept that home can also, is not just a geographical location necessarily, it's also a moment in time that doesn't necessarily come back. Um, and that's okay. I like and, that. And um, you find enclaves in little pockets of home elsewhere. You know, it doesn't have to yeah. be one place. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think ultimately for me, the big goal is to visit Cuba and to visit my family there and see where my family was raised. Um, But it's just, man, it's getting more and more difficult. There's a side of my fan base that I'm pretty sure would would hate me for visiting. Mm -hmm. There's a side of me that's also scared now because I've been very outspoken on social media against the government because of the recent protests. And so that's not exactly ideal. Because in, in the past I've had friends be like, hey, take down that video or do this or do that because I'm about to visit Cuba and I don't want to get in trouble. 
And these are people, you know, like me, born in the U.S., who are still scared to go because we've been outspoken and we're, like, big, like, names in the U.S. for the Cuban community. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still really scary to, to think about, and it really fucking sucks. Yeah, but. me and you kind of have the same thing. Like, I <laughs> would love to go back home, but because I've been so outspoken and my family's been so outspoken, like, we're afraid of this consequences of what that might mean. It's not like, oh, I'm afraid that I might get sick. Or like, no, it's like, no, we're actually afraid of potentially the government doing something. And that's not like, oh, I've chosen to leave my country and I, you know, don't want to visit. It's it's more than that. It's like a, it's like, it's taking away something from you. It's mm-hmm. like removing the option of even being a tourist in your own country. <laughs> it's like yeah. removing that from you. And so it's like this, I don't know. And I think Cubans feel it too, this sort of desire to find home and transport home in other places. And there's like different ways of denoting that through food, through like, you know, the music you listen to in Christmas. Through There's like all these little things you bring with you to sort of transport it almost like a plastic surgery of like removing one piece and putting it somewhere else. Um, But I think Cubans and Venezuelans feel very similar in a lot of ways because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I find it weird to see all these like tourists in Cuba sometimes and it sort of being painted as this idyllic place because in Venezuela, there's not a lot of tourism, I have to say, because it is so dangerous. Like there is, but not, not as much as I believe Cuba. Um, and if so, Cuba has this like, you know, traumatic past and then you see these people traveling to Cuba and it it, it almost looks like the Disney ride version of Cuba um, on their posts because it's like, OK, yeah, you're going to that beach, but you know that like locals can't go to that beach. That's why it looks the way that it looks. And oh, oh, the cars look old and quirky. It's like, yeah, because there's no imports. And so like these Cubans can't access products that you can easily obtain where you live the tourist industry in cuba is a is a weird one it's it's bizarre it it, sometimes it it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to look at when i see someone that's gone to cuba and posting some of the photos it's just like is this is this real is this really experiencing a country or is this kind of like propaganda a little bit that's why for me i get really annoyed with people that they don't really understand and they just think it's like a playground like I don't know yeah they're just like oh my god it was so good I mean I'm not expecting I mean of course like I'm glad that you love my island and my people but there's just something um there's just something in their tone I guess it's kind of voyeuristic yeah you know it's like going to a zoo pretty much it's like oh my god like everything is like so nice and like baby and like I'm like yeah okay well my family's there and they're starving cool thank you Um, yeah it's (laughs) which I you know I think I think one of the reasons I'm so programmed to like want to feel like I could live in these places or find myself in these places is because I'm so traumatized (laughs) because I don't want to be the type of person that goes to a place and glosses over and looks over the reality to experience this sort of packaged version of a place that ignores a lot um well Jenny I hope one day we get to travel together at the very least I travel to see you Yes, that would be great. Joanna and I are planning on making some sketches together. I'm just going to put it out there so that it forces us to actually yeah. do oh the thing. Oh my God, yes. If we say it, people are going to be like, when? And they're going to hold us accountable. Yep. 
That's how I force my ass to do shit. Yes. I, we will be making videos together soon. Yes. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Let go with Ego. Existen dos tipos de personas en el mundo. Los que prefieren un desayuno dulce con frutas, dulce de leche y un jugo de naranja. Y los que prefieren un desayuno salado con chorizo, huevos rancheros y un café. Pero sin importar qué tipo de persona eres, hay algo que a todos les va a gustar. Los crujientes y esponjosos Ego Waffles. Ya sea que te guste un desayuno salado, con huevos o salsa picante encima de tus waffles, o seas más dulcero y los prefieras con mantequilla y miel. Encuéntranos en el pasillo de desayunos congelados. Lego with Ego.